Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it's good to be back with you. And as Sue rightly says in the live chat, it's Friday. So happy Friday, everyone. Um, I am, as you can see, I've had to retreat to the old school. Of, I don't know what's going on. I've got some internet troubles at home. Um, but nonetheless, here I am. Uh, but we've got the same uh, Bible and the same everything to look into. So different context, doesn't uh, different location makes no difference, I suppose. But anyway, uh, we're still in 1 Thessalonians 5, and we're just finishing off that, that section that me and Andy have been looking at the last few days about caring for different types of people in the church and how we care for them. Not that these are types which are permanent, but are different situations that the same people might be in. Um, and so we saw on Wednesday what it means to admonish the idol. Uh, yesterday, Andy spoke to us about encouraging the faint-hearted and uh, this morning, I want us to focus on um, help the weak. What does it mean that we as a church, because bear in mind what we were saying on Wednesday, that this is a command for the whole church to do, not for the leaders in the church to do for the rest of the church, but this is addressed to everyone to do to everyone else. So how can we as a church help the weak? And I think it's important to, for us to um, first define what does the Bible mean or what does Paul mean when he talks about the weak? Because he could be talking about uh, people who uh, once were really strong in the faith, but now they're starting to backslide. Maybe that's something that we think of. Um, talking about people who are known in the church and well-known in the church and yet are carrying on um, in sin of some sort. So some people have suggested that maybe these are um, Christians who are struggling with sexual sin. But I think actually Paul's definition of what a weak Christian is, is given to us in other places um, in the New Testament. And the example that he uses may not be strictly relevant to us, but we can draw, we can extract the principle that he means from it. Now, the two, there are two places where Paul goes through conversations on who he means by the weak. And what we find is in the early church, uh, well, in both of those passages, it's to do with food and what food you would eat. And so we need to understand what does the early church mean when it's talking about weak Christians and not eating certain food? Now, the reality is, um, as I say, this isn't going to be relevant to us in the same way it is to Paul, but there's a principle there which is always relevant to us. And so what's going on is this. In the pagan world, especially in Greece, where most of the New Testament is written to, uh, it was very, very common for food to be, to be the animal to be killed for an idol. And then some of the food would be offered up to the idol and the rest would be sold in the market. And it was... I mean, today we think of religion and, and life as kind of two separate things, whereas in ancient pagan culture, they are completely intermeshed. And so buying food from the market was just as kind of um, symbiotic with uh, offering it to an idol. You could assume basically that all food had been offered to idols. 
Now, for the Greeks, this wasn't a problem because the idols are just gods that we need to keep appeased. But for the early Christians, this became a big problem. Am I okay as someone who says there is no God but one and every false God is either either just nothing or a demon? And, and Paul says they are demons. Am I still okay to eat food that's sacrificed to them? And this became a really big problem, especially in uh, Rome and Corinth, which are the two places that Paul wrote to. And so some Christians were going, doesn't matter. Uh, God has created all these things. He's powerful enough. I'm going to eat this food. And some Christians were going, this was so part of my life to be sacrificing to these false gods, to be eating the food that was given in these in these festivals. I don't think that I, as a Christian, can go ahead and, and eat this meat. And it wasn't just some meat. It was all meat that would have been sold, would have been sacrificed to false idols. And so they were they struggled with that. Uh, which is why, I mean, it's funny how uh, this verse sometimes gets abused by Christians who just want to pick on vegetarians. Um, but in Romans uh, 14, verses 1, it says, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over, uh, over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. The point there is not weak people only eat vegetables. It's, it's weak in their faith who think that they cannot go to this food offered to false um, gods. It's a, it's a struggle of faith for them. And so when Paul is talking about the strong and the weak, he, the weak he's saying are people who, who are sensitive to uh, the pull of the world, who feel as though if they, if they give in a little bit, then they'll give in a lot. It's like um, I knew someone years ago, well, I didn't personally knew them, I knew of someone years ago, who had a real struggle with uh, using internet pornography. And uh, eventually they had to, they removed the internet connection entirely in their house because they felt as though if they even had access at any point, it could have led somewhere else. And so being pulled a little bit was the danger of being pulled the whole way. Uh, and that's how these weak Christians felt. If I give in to these food sacrificed idols, if I give in to eating this meat, which I know is to a false god, I worry how much further I'll be taking in as well. So that's the weak. And the contrast is the strong. And, and Paul kind of says what it means to be a strong in, in 1 Corinthians 12 by saying, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Therefore, it's all to be received with thanksgiving, whatever God's made, whatever God has made. So I don't care if this steak was offered to a statue down the road. I'm not enjoying it because it was sacrificed to an idol. I'm enjoying it because God made it and it tastes delicious. So that's the the strong um, Christian, according to Paul. So I'm just going to read a couple of these uh, a couple of these passages to kind of really hear from Paul's own mouth. So in, in 1 Corinthians 8, um, Paul says this, Therefore, as to the eating of idols offered to gods, we know that an idol has no real existence. But then just further down, he says, However, not all possess this knowledge. Some, through their former association with idols, eat food as though it really were offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. They feel, I've wronged God. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat it, and no better off if we do. And so, you may think, well, if they're weak in the faith, then what we need to do is, you know, those of us who are strong, hardy, hardy, hard, let's just eat whatever we want in front of them and show them it's fine. But actually, Paul says that's not the thing to do. He says, if anyone sees you 
who has knowledge that you are eating in an idol's temple, will he not, uh, sorry, if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died, thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak. You sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. See, Paul has a very pastoral heart uh, for the weak. To help the weak, as we're told to do in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, does not mean to show them how silly they're being. It means to come to their level and to try and draw them up, to cling on to them, to help them. Now, as I say, today, we don't really struggle with this concept of food sacrifice to idols. Maybe if we lived in other countries, we might. Um, I know of a friend of mine who was in India a few years ago uh, at an Indian wedding, and part of the wedding feast involved uh, uh, offering the food up to one of the Hindu gods. And he sat there as a Christian who had never been exposed to this, thinking, I don't think I can eat that food. Now, I don't know how we'd react in that situation. Maybe we'd feel something. I think for us, we might end up being in the position of the weak Christian. Um, Paul was clearly comfortable. He'd been through it enough to be strong enough with it. But the point is, that's not something that we're exposed to very often. But there are plenty of things that we are exposed to in that same way. We, we live among the world. We're not, like a, we're not a cult that is separated from the world and has no involvement with them. And so we are constantly being exposed to worldly things. And so it's only natural sometimes that we struggle uh, to kind of draw that divide and what is okay for us to do and what isn't. And so there may be times when we ourselves are in that position of being the weak, where we think we can't enjoy something when really we can. But it's, I think, probably more likely, especially with people who are new to the faith, who weaken the faith in that way, will struggle to know what is okay for them to do with their new identity. And what's important to take from this is that Paul's command to us, or rather the Bible's command to us, is not simply show them how silly they're being. It's help them, come down to their level, gently show them that it's okay. I think of um, someone like a, a friend of mine in, in Africa who uh, became a Christian a few years ago. He's in Zambia and he doesn't drink alcohol. He, he, he thinks it's wrong for Christians to drink alcohol um, because the culture is, is just getting drunk is part of the leisurely life. And so for him, having become a Christian, we don't drink. Now, I've known people who have basically, Christians who are basically drunk in front of him to just say, oh, you're just being silly, get over it. But actually in that situation, we should help the weak. Okay, for your sake, I'm not going to drink right now, but let's talk about that. Let's work it through. And in our culture, I'm not sure that necessarily would be an issue. I don't think um, I don't think teetotaling is as popular in the Christian mindset in this country. But there are other things which people may be thinking that's not okay for me to do. That's not okay television for me to watch or whatever it is. And we need to, as I say, help the weak. Sit down with them. Don't rub it in their faces. As Paul says, if it if um, if eating meat causes my brother to stumble, I won't eat meat at all. You hear his heart there. He's saying, I'm happy to eat meat, but for your sake, I won't. That's our role as Christians, 
to get down onto our, our brothers and sisters level and to support them, not to condemn them or tell them they're silly or just show them it's fine, to support them, to get into their shoes. So that uh, I think that is what Paul is telling us to do when he says to help the weak. So uh, let's let's pray as we finish there. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the faith that you have given us. And Lord, we pray that by your spirit, you would strengthen it. Lord, that you would teach us to know uh, where the line is, that you would teach us to uh, receive everything that you've given with thanksgiving. Lord, also to be tender and uh, care for those who um, may be weaker, who may not understand uh, or um, who, who feel pulled uh, by the pull of the world. Lord, we just pray that you would uh, teach us how secure we are in you how to minister to those who are weak, how to be ministered to when we ourselves are weak. So in your name we pray and ask this by your spirit. Amen.